Look at the adjective. Play. Now is the franchise going to take the Viagra? Oh, going to put the butts in the seat. Hello there, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode 106 of Because WCW, the podcast, where the big boys play. My name is the Twisted Genius Dean A.S., and I am joined, as ever, by my colleague, the DAZONE sports journalist, Website content editor fluffer, what, whatever, what is it you do again? Liam Hab, it's Liam, everyone. Hi, Liam, how are you? Merry Christmas. I like fluffer, that's a good one. Yeah, okay. this, oh, Jesus Christ, Dean. Well, I don't know why I bother you sometimes. It's yeah, almost, it's, it's almost as it, if you're doing it on purpose. Yeah, I'll say it's that his much. Birthday soon, Jesus Christ, yeah. It's days. not, it's not my birthday soon. I've got a good birthday right at the start of summer. Late May, bank holiday weekend, more often than not, I hit the jackpot of birthdays. Nice. I think you sometimes get a bank holiday as well. You get the snooker bank holiday, don't you? May the 8th. So uh, I, the last time my birthday fell on the bank holiday, it was to mark the, um, the I think, six, how many years ago? 60, 70th. It's an anniversary of VE Day. Um, so um, everyone's been all like, patriotic and yay war um and it's like it's my birthday shut the fuck up it's ve day but what about my birthday stop being disrespectful so yeah but yeah, yeah. don't don't disrespect the um is it a queen Elderly. we got we've got a queen yeah queen don't disrespect the queen and her king and and uh, the emperor in his new clothes the emperor uh with his uh with the 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 thunderbolt rays things that come out of his hands, you know, Star yeah. Wars. Don't disrespect the Queen or Zeus or both. How dare you? That's so un-British of you. Jesus Christ. I've, I've always said, I've, I feel like, like I've always got more chance of um, having more in common with any given person from Berlin than Barnsley. So the whole being a patriot thing never really occurred. You know, we've, we've grown up in an age where you can speak to people from any part of the world just like that, just like we're doing a podcast from Indeed, two and, parts of the yeah. country. And so, people from anywhere in the world can listen to us, including America and Australia and Guam and parts unknown and anywhere, really. Apparently our numbers are down in parts unknown, unfortunately, but we're going to do our best to tick them right back up. Yeah. It's a tough market to crack parts unknown, but we're, we're yeah. not going to give up. We're not going to fry in the towel just yet. No, we you know, try and drop a mention of them to boost the numbers a bit. Uh, up. Thumbs up, Mick pop. Foley. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we are we are recording this a, a couple of days away from Christmas. Um, we are we now we normally do our our Christmas Q and A. We are doing that next week. Um, I know we haven't been around for a, for a, a little while. We seem to be a, a once a month role, but. Christmas holidays, we we got some more time. There's less, more time, less work. So, 
uh, we will be doing our Christmas Q&A with a couple, hopefully a couple of special guests as well. Um, a couple if, of special a couple. guests. Yeah, this, if this works, this will be the first time we've had more than one guest on. Um, it could be chaos. Uh, it so will you be can chaos. St- it will be chaos, yeah. So you can still send in your questions to us. Um, go to either Twitter, um, we're at BecauseWCW, or Facebook.com forward slash BecauseWCW. Use the hashtag ask because wcw that's hashtag ask because wcw um and we will uh, pick out the best questions from there and uh fire them at uh, our special guests next week so um yeah you you're ready for christmas uh i think so well we're gonna find out on the 25th <laughs> we will yeah uh, it looks like we've got all the groceries in we've uh, got some certain presents for a little little five-year-old nut nut uh no it should be good should be good does that mean that uh the evening of december the 24th is now the go home show yeah you could look at it that way oh yeah. speaking of christmas i should say dean thank you very much for the christmas card that arrived today in the post this is a shoot by the way folks i got a card from dean and his family and handmade by my missus those cards yeah and i yeah. want to point out that while on the surface level it seems like a very kind and thoughtful thing that's because Let's, I'm a kind and thoughtful person. Yeah, really. bollocks. Because we all we all know <laughs> I had no idea we were doing cards, and he now knows this has arrived with uh, with no opportunity, no window for me to return the favour before Christmas. So now he's going to spend. It's probably going to be the next fifty intros of this podcast where he uh, introduces his co-host, who did not get him a Christmas card, Liam Hap, yeah. the blue tick wanker. The blue tick, yeah, I am, I am clearly the better friend, um, and Fuck and you're. <laughs> this was yeah. this was, this was all a ploy, and you can't convince me otherwise. I mean, all I can say is, yeah, the 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 the, uh, the slow build for uh, for the the eventual mega powers breakup, you know, when when we uh, just uh, have a fight um, at one of the hooked on wrestling parties. Um, and you hit me across the back with a chair or something. Yeah, we, we it's a slow build. Yeah, I was going to say I'm not going to engage in a fight with you. I'm going to I'm going to back off. I'm going to pretend we're friends and then wait for you to turn your back. True Bobby Heenan style. He wouldn't have it yeah. any other way. Super kick me through a window. Now you jumped through then an act of cowardism. I see. <laughs> You're just um, proud. I got yeah. the line spot on, aren't you? Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm just. Uh... I, I'm just going to um, see how many different ways I can work the fact that you haven't got me a Christmas card into the next few intros. So, no, uh, no, you're not trying to work it out. You've already got a dossier set up. A dossier. <laughs> <laughs> he's got like seven tabs on a spreadsheet documenting the various ways he's going to rub my face in it. <laughs> uh, I, this This feels now like a challenge. I've got, I've, I've got to get the next seven podcasts. So Which, yeah, f- thanks given the everyone. Rate that we're doing things means that I'll still be talking about Christmas cards come June. Yeah, thanks everyone for joining us for this emotional final episode of Because <laughs> WCW. But we are shutting up shop because <laughs> Dean is a virtue signaling asshole. No, we're not. We're not shutting up shop. We are. Um, we are reimagining, like just like Ring of Honor. We're reimagining the. <laughs> Oh dear. So I'll see you in oh, April, man. yeah? Yeah, yeah, see you in April. Listen up, slap nuts. That's right. This is Jeff Jarrett, the chosen one, and you're listening to Because WCW. 
now choke on that. <laughs> right, should we have, should we get on with the podcast? We're going to have to um, at it, some point, aren't we? Yeah, it, it's uh, it's another Nitro watch along. This is episode forty-eight of Monday Nitro. Which, if you are watching along on the network or wherever you watch your Nitro episodes from, um, this was originally broadcast on August the twelfth, nineteen ninety-six, and this is significant for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, it's the first. Uh, Nitro back after they had that sort of month, month and a half long stint at the Disney MGM Studios. Uh, so we don't get to see wrestlers walk around a giant tree anymore. But it's also Nitro the day after um, Hogwild. It is indeed. And, Which uh, we haven't reviewed yet because no one wants to review it. I, I mean, reason. to be honest, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to hold a grudge against anyone for doing that. Yeah. It's not the greatest. No. I'm sure we'll get into that as, as we go along because I'm anticipating a, a few recaps. So I'm sure we can weave yeah. a few stories in. Yes, we, uh, yeah, I suppose rather than talking about what happened on, on the show, we can, we'll, yeah, they, well, they should tell us what happened on the show, shouldn't they? So uh, while, I guess we'll. While, uh, while flogging the replay. Yes, indeed. Um, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll be uh, it'll be just the still images, won't it, to to flog the replay. So yes. Um, just before we get onto the uh, the the watch along, I did mention um, very briefly that our good friends at Hooked on Wrestling um, are doing a number of Royal Rumble viewing parties, which uh, I am anticipating will still be going ahead, despite all the various uh, things that are rumoured to be happening in this country with lockdowns and restrictions and nothing's happened yet. So fingers crossed all will be well. But um, January the 29th, which is a Saturday night, um, the Royal Rumble this year is on a Saturday. And if you go to um, hookedonwrestling.com forward slash tickets, then you can uh, you can buy tickets for show for parties at the following venues. Take a deep breath. Here we go. Brighton, uh, Cardiff, Glasgow, Hull, Leeds, Leicester, Manchester, Newcastle, Birmingham, Clapham, South London, uh, Liverpool, Old Street in Shoreditch in London, Norwich, Nottingham, Sheffield and Bath. Um, I will be uh, hosting the Shoreditch London party um, and we've got a various uh, various other people from the world of wrestling hosting um, the other parties all around the UK. But um, yeah, go to hookedonwrestling.com forward slash tickets to get your tickets for those shows. Right. Are you ready, Liam? I am poised on zero, 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 zero. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, well, it sounds like you're spot on. And uh, I'm ready for burning buildings. Burn, so, yeah, six zeros, burning buildings, and we're, here and we we're up and running. Yep, it is the August the 12th, 1996 episode of Nitro, and we will press play in three, two, one, go. Buildings. Burning. Burning. And hey. Hogan scores a baby face. How many more weeks? Oh, we're gonna to have to keep an eye on this. Could be quite interesting. I, I don't want to ruin it by skipping ahead to to try and track it down. I'm I'm gonna follow this. We're gonna follow Red and Yellow Watch. Yeah. 
And just like that, we're back in the arena. I do miss the... Uh... Yeah. It, it was a nice setting for a little while, wasn't it? <laughs> we are Casper, Wyoming, or as uh, as Larry Zabisco just described it, the middle of nowhere. He's done, he's done well there, Zabisco. He's already made me laugh, and we're about 30 seconds in. We're in the wild, wild west, apparently. This is... The great ver- American I, I'd imagine this is very much a... Uh a venue that Bischoff would have booked personally. He's a, uh, or, or at least he is now, isn't he, a Wyoming boy? I didn't know, is he? I think. Oh. Oh, so there we go. Hulk Hogan, they've announced Hulk Hogan has won, won the title from the Giant and has desecrated the belt. Now, is that where he's spray-painted NWO? All while the giant laid unconscious from one belt shot for about 10 years. Nice. Apparently, Zabisco's wearing all black because he's in mourning at what happened at Hogwild, which is a bit of a... Oh. Something's going on with security behind them as well. I'm trying to work (laughs) out what's happening. It's Doug, Doug, Doug Dillinger, Dillinger, being put to work immediately. Yeah. Bisco's really oh, mad that the Horseman and the Dungeon of Doom didn't help the Giant. But then they're on again, off again, 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 on again? Yeah. Oh, off again. There's another off again. Sorry. So we're getting some uh, we're getting some stills. It was Saturday, not Sunday. Big problem, but yes, we're getting stills from the Outsiders versus um, Sting and Luger, and we have a, a dubious incident with Nick Patrick, who either fell over or clips Lex Luger in the back of the knee. And of course, Nick Patrick would go on to be the official NWA referee, wouldn't he? He would, and then he would get a conscience and revert to WCW, and then he would apparently try and screw WCW in the infamous Starcade 97 Shower of Shit main event, which I believe is now oh, the official yes. title. Episode one of this very podcast. What What better place to start? What better place to start? Apparently, we're getting Flair v. Savage for the United States title on this show. Oh, uh, they've done it to death. But if you're going to do something to death on this show, it might as well be something entertaining. I'll say that much. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with Flair v. Savage, can you? You can try, but you'll fail. You just, you cannot go wrong with it. It's impossible. We've got uh, Rage and Fury High Voltage, or whatever they're called, High Voltage. And we've got Rough and Ready, Dick Slater and Mike Enos. And they're coming out with no entrance music. It's just like watching the Hardy family office on AEW Dark, isn't it? They're not getting along, apparently. Blimey. High voltage look uh, straight out of the power plant. Yeah, still got the needle hanging out their backs. Yeah. Can I say that? You just did. Are they? Are, are both members still alive to dispute that? Fuck knows. Look, looking, uh, looking at them, I would imagine not. But it's you never a know. Babyface pop for the Dungeon of Doom. 
Because uh, Meng is there, and you. Oh, of course, yeah. Meng told them to cheer him. So we've got Faces of Fear, we've got Hugh Morris, and we've got Big Bubba, who seems to be just carrying a drink with him. Yeah, is Big Bubba wrestling? Or, uh, it looks like he's very much just enjoying the beverage. Like I think Sullivan's going to wrestle. Sullivan's wrestling in street clothes for some reason. But not dressed like an old lady, which is really frustrating. That would have been amazing. No, it immediately drops him, drops this match down a, down a, a rank, you know. Let, to, to be honest, Dean, I would have settled for him dressed as a Baywatch extra. That would have been okay. If he couldn't do old lady, mm. Baywatch extra would have been fine. But no, we can't even get that. So I think Ooh. I think we can rest safe in knowing who's going to win this match. Yes, and Hugh Morris just took whichever one of High Voltage Jays' head off with a clothesline as the opening move of the match. But it is really odd to see the, this this collection of wrestlers who, as heels, were being regularly and routinely trounced by Hulk Hogan, often single-handedly, and they're being yes. cheered with Hogan as the heel. It's, not quite the same sort of balance, is it? At the end of the day, they've <laughs> their 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 value has been greatly reduced by not just getting battered by Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage, but the 486 fallings out with a horseman. Yeah, but it's some um, yeah, it's one of the arguments about that has been re- raging recently regarding uh, whether Big Daddy, the British wrestler from the 70s and 80s deserves to be in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. And uh, one of the one of the arguments against is how he just didn't sell anything for any of the, the heels and so just killed the validity of any heel around him for any other match that they had. See, I've muted that entire conversation, any keywords that bring it up. There's one of the most tedious debates I've found on Twitter since I signed up in 2009. I'm well, sure you get I mean, involved in it. I do, and, <laughs> and I mean, I, 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 I don't make any secret of the fact I do have a vote in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, and I also make no secret of the fact that I never have and never will vote for Big Daddy to be in it because so, his matches were terrible. So, are you planning to use that vote to to vote Hook into the Hall of Fame this year or next year? Because I suppose this year could be a little hasty, but next year might be a bit more suitable, I suppose. Well, I think I think you've got to be around for twenty years, so he's he's got to no, hold on for a little you, while. But if you read the fine print, if your name is Hooker, uh, fucking that, awesome, is, then yeah. you can be voted in immediately. And if is Dave Meltzer hasn't put that in, he will soon. He'll see sense and he'll put it in. Just put so Hook you in mean the like, Hall of Fame now. Yeah, you mean like we've got the uh, Freebirds rule? We'll have the Hook rule. The Hook rule. He goes straight into the Hall of Fame just by breathing. So that's and the end of that match. Put an end to this by <laughs> kicking one of great, one of the high voltage guys, Rage or Chaos, I think. Um, and they're now getting bin, they're getting binned off by Rough and Ready. And, and Meng got in a cheeky was. extra stomp as well, which I thought was funny. Nice. But this is an odd choice of an opener. I know the art of the opener doesn't completely apply to a TV taping in the same way it does for a major card. But there is a certain degree of art to be had in any first match on any card. And I don't see a lot of art here. No, this is all looking very strange. 
Now, that was a quick, ugly, hodgepodge match. The, cr- the yeah, crowd were it... kind of cheering the Dungeon Doom by proxy at the start, but they were deadly silent confounded at the end of this weird match. And it, yeah, everyone just got a couple of spots. It was a bit weird. It was very weird. What we uh, what's up next then? Here we. Oh, there's a, a clash of the champions. Clash of the champions this Thursday. Just so those this, things week are still happening. Had, yeah, week after they've had uh, the pay per view, the next week they've got a clash of the champions. Oh, here's Sting and Lex Luger, and we know we do now know what the deal is between them. Yeah, it's taken the fun out of it, not being able to ask what is the deal with Sting and Lex Luger. And Sting's still got his awkward in-between stage hair. Give him a month. That's going to be interesting. Mm. I'm guessing they're going to be a little bit mad at Nick Patrick after what we saw in the stills. Yeah, let's see. Mm. Apparently, I've been having sleepless nights over all this. Yeah, yeah. They they need to uh, they need to have uh, an early night and a nice cup of chamomile tea. Yeah. Or they're making a challenge right now. Is this for a rematch? It looks like they are they are issuing a challenge to the outsiders for a. Uh, See, that's woke the crowd up. Obviously, yeah. if they don't get that match, they're not going to be very happy. <laughs> Sting's got a mic again. Would he lose his train of thought? Well, he's only a month away from free agency. <laughs> oh, here goes Sting's on the mic. If the NWO has NWO has any guts, they'll show up to the ring right here, right now. So does that does that ever work on the hills? I don't think so. When was well, the last see. time we'll a hill actually up. felt like they were personally insulted and could not turn down a fight because had someone to said come they had to no guts? Had to defend their honour. Yeah. yeah. Well. You, you'll be you'll, you'll be surprised, Liam, but it doesn't look like the uh, the NWO or the the outsiders are coming down. Well, I suppose they don't. No, I was going to say they don't have entrance music, but of course they do. They did they have entrance music? We've got Wildcat really. Willie. <laughs> we we'll have to wait for the first time we hear that uh, famous rock house music on Nitro, aren't we? Hmm. Ah, there you go. Sting's made a very good point. It's an even two on two. That's why they're not interested. (laughs) Bring the baseball bats just to try and tempt them down. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure they will show up at some point. Just not not right now. They want to do it in their in their own time. Which is exactly what they've been doing for the last month. Exactly, they have been calling the shots. But that was a segment, Dean. And speaking of things being a segment, here's Glacier. Is he coming to WCW? Is he coming to WCW? What a silly question. Of course he's come to WCW. 
Just don't ask I me mean, when, he, okay? Yeah, I was going to say he's been doing he's been doing these uh, segments for about two months now, and he still hasn't debuted. They've not even bothered saying he he's come to WWE on the thing. It just says Glacier. Yeah, here's Renegade. I didn't actually recognise him. Though. He looked very different to how he used to be. No face paint, no uh, running or shaking of the ropes. I actually don't think he's showed up on Nitro since that time where Jimmy Hart and Jimmy Hart's charge, was it the Giant or someone else, washed it all off of him. Do you remember that? Ah, yes. I do remember that. Well, that is, so without any uh, any fanfare or real intro, we've got we've got the Renegade against Diamond Dallas Page. Now, Page has been on a winning streak, hasn't he? He has. He's building real momentum. Obviously, the diamond cutter finish is really starting to work for him. Uh, he's still very much doing that that early to mid-90s stick he was doing. But he's still working to an extent. Yep. So, uh, Paige is kind of backing off of Renegade here. As the the cowardly heel that he is portraying at the moment, but yeah, based on the lack of Renegade overall, and also the fact that he was dog shit, uh, and the and the momentum, the push you could say of DDP, uh, it looks like we know where this is going. We've seen a, a bit of a formula. We talk about Randy Savage formula, don't we, Dean? But DDP's matches have started to follow a bit of a formula of their own, where he always mm-hmm. gives his opponent a lot. He hams, he milks. Uh, he does your he does your cartoony hill stick, and then suddenly out of the blue diamond car. Yeah, and he's not reached that, that nobody st- kicks out of. Yeah, and he's not reached that stage yet where I think we discussed this before. He doesn't like find various ways of getting it out of certain moves or certain hoists. He's now literally just hitting it. From from dead air when fans least expect it, but that is what kind of created its its reputation before it got really fancy. Well, you think you know of, of what we get in, in modern wrestling with the RKO out of nowhere, and it's it's the exact same uh, same premise. Yeah, but even before it became a case of uh, what sort of you know um, Orton does it when. Evan Bourne hits a shooting star or he does it out of Seth Rollins' curb stomp and some really amazing spots. But right now, mm. Page is just hitting the diamond cutter in a pretty plain manner, but he's doing it in, if you think of the way a wrestling match is usually structured, and he's just hitting it cold, isn't he? And it's always getting the pin, which obviously, as we discussed before, is, is the most yeah. important part because that bit's not lost on people. People follow winners. People follow things that they know will work. So it's pretty, yeah. it's and, pretty and, simple and foolproof. Yeah. And, and the other thing that we, we know about is that the, the art of getting things over in wrestling is repetition. You know, you start doing the same thing or saying the same phrase over and over and lo and behold, people will, will start recognizing it and, and start cottoning onto it. Exactly. Apparently, we're going to hear from the NWO after this match. Presumably about the fact that they just chickened out on... 
on faces Stingaluga again. Yeah. Or that you know, they'll maybe they'll just be telling us that they're going to do something and at their own at their own pace in their own way, who knows? Potentially. Great bit of coaching on commentary there from Larry Zabisco about how to crank in a chin lock. Yeah, we had that we had that quick messy tag match. These two guys are uh, they're keeping it slow and they're keeping it basic. Given the f- the frantic start to the show with that tag and and with mm. Stingaluga coming out for ultimately for no reason. Obviously, it works as far as continuing the storyline, but I suppose you do have to kind of drop the pace at some point. Oh, Page again, is just getting <laughs> uh, his uh, feet up on the uh, that old chestnut. There. The, uh, the old stick. I do love a bit of that. But again, it's what you're just talking about. It's the, the classic, the classic heel, just, yeah, old school heel stuff that he's doing because it'll get a reaction. Exactly. It's working a treat so far. The fans are, you know, it's, it's been hard to put a gauge on them early doors. So they're, they're capable of reacting to things. They're kind of... Uh, I think the rest hold is losing them a little bit, but Paige is doing everything he can, and they're there. I'm rallying for the for the comeback. Yeah, here we go. A very short-lived come, comeback, because uh, literally, oh, literally it was a, a few elbows, but Renegade's now... Rolled Page up, who missed the charge into the corner, got a two-count. But the crowd really lifted for that near fall, didn't they? Yeah, I always find it fascinating. This seems to be pretty common across history of WCW versus WF, that WCW crowds generally tend to have more more willingness to, to get into the show, which makes it all the more ridiculous that WCW completely lost that fan base. Oh, there we go. Look at that. Nice. So, Page reverses a suplex attempt, flips over, turns Renegade round, hits the diamond cutter. He hasn't gone for the pinfall immediately, but then he does. So that kind of that kind of um, emphasises the how how devastating a move that is because there was a good sort of five seconds or so between him hitting the move and going for the cover, and he, he did a little pose to the camera as well, and then went for the pinfall and still got it. So that shows that shows something. Oh, and we're now backstage with the NWO with with Hall and Nash and Hogan. Well, it looks like they've now got a dressing room because obviously Hogan is the champion again. Mm. But and you were spot on, Dean. They they will they will fight again when they feel like it. So yeah, beat beat them at Bash at the Beach, beat them at Hogwild, won the belt, and they've yeah they've spray painted it NWO. So it's the NWO belt now. Yeah, and Nick Patrick uh, is a fine referee. They're really turning the screw on the whole the fact that Patrick's in with him because they are they are very fond of Nick Patrick's credentials. Yes, but that just reminds me of uh, of Anchorman. Dorothy Mantooth is a fine woman. Oh, 
So Hogan Hogan's talking normally rather than talking like a Hulk Hogan promo. And it works. Yeah. It didn't really see much of that during the obvious moments of the NWO reign. It's usually him coming out with Bischoff's lips planted on his cheeks and it's the usual promos, but this is effective. No, this is good. What were they? Oh, they're, they're teasing that someone someone's off camera, I think, because they just said, stay there. So we... Hogan's now saying he doesn't like the look of the belt. It's too heavy. It hurts his shoulder. And they're talking about melting the big gold belt down and making a new belt. So it's... I guess we're just putting across the disrespect they've got for such a historic belt with such a story behind it. <laughs> Nash using the Hulk Hogan line. What are you going to do when Hulkamania and the New World Order run wild on you? <laughs> So are we going to get this match, I suppose, is the question, because they're teasing it again. Yeah. Well, as Hogan has mentioned, they do have their wrestling gear on. And they're now, they're now saying that the, the fans might disown Luger and Sting if the outsiders embarrass them again. So they're now thinking that this is a, you know, another, a match. And if they win again, it's another, another nail in the coffin of WCW. I think this is the story. So yeah, again, they're pushing this whole idea. That they're trying to dismantle WCW from the inside. Yeah. And that they hold all the cards. I say, don't call us. We'll call you. Yeah. But this is, um, yeah, this is a different kind of promo, but... I've never seen it, that before, and I thought it worked. No. I liked it. Is that is that a cool heel promo, or is that just a smug heel promo? I, I, I think the That's problem the with the concept of cool heels is that the cool heels in general want to have too much of the benefits of a babyface. I don't mind if we're going to use smug heel as the, the differentiation. I kind of like that, to be honest. A smug heel will act like a cool heel, but when push comes to shove, it's important that they act like proper heels. And then you can understand mm. why they're being all cool when they're not under threat and when they've got things going their way. That works. That's understandable. But too many heels try to be flash when it, you know, at all times, really. I I had to uh, I had to pause what I was saying there because I was looking at the the next two individuals in the in the ring and I was like, hang on, is Goldberg making his debut a year early? But no, it's Do you know, that's what I thought I thought is that Goldberg, but then I realised it wasn't. Yeah, because it's Conan with flashy pink boots, but it's K Dogberg. And who's that? He's against Jim Powers. Is that? Because we've, we've literally, we've just gone straight into this match. No Super intros, cold. Is no it, or is it Joe Gomez, maybe? I don't even know. It's some dude in a singlet. Let's just call him that. 
Let me just check who it is. Some dude in a singlet. Yeah, that's going to be uh, Ross it on is. his cage Jim match. Powers. Oh, I thought it would be some dude in a singlet on his cage match entry. That's a shame. Yeah. And uh, Jim Powers, the dude in the singlet, is uh, so far is having his way with uh, with Conan. I mean, to be fair, it's a fetching singlet, green and black, very nicely done. Mm. High-end seamstry. Um, so what What was the name of the 80s smiling babyface tag team that Jim Powers was a part of in WWF? Is it the Young Stallions with Paul Roma? That was him, wasn't it? Ah, maybe that was it, yeah. Yeah, you know, I kept thinking, I thought the Young Stallions, and I was like, no, that was the name of the, uh, the uh, band in... Um, Bill and Ted, and I realised that was the Wild Stallions. <laughs> Too many stallions. Too then you got the stallions. Italian stallion, haven't you? Come yeah. on, stallion. Got to get a Rocky reference in at every opportunity. Goes without saying. Oh, here we go. Yeah, he was. Um, yes. Well, the the young stallions with uh, Paul Roma. See, never yeah. question my intelligence. I will not question your intelligence. I'll just question the whereabouts of your Christmas card. Fuck's sake. This is, this is just not fair. The, the reason that it didn't arrive with you till later is because it takes me ages to get around to anything. So I had those cards on my coffee table for about two weeks before I got around to writing them and sending them out. In fact, it was another three days between writing them about, between uh, putting them in envelopes with stamps on them and actually walking to the post box and posting them. Checks out. Fair enough. Yeah. I still haven't got any of my presents wrapped yet. Ah, see, we've wrapped our presents. That means I'm superior to you in one aspect. One aspect. One. So... Just one. Jim Powers, has, uh, Jim Powers has had the majority of the offense here, and Conan has pinned him with a a cradle with his feet on the ropes. <laughs> no one or the referee didn't notice. The crowd don't really seem to give much for shit. It has to be said. So. That, I suppose, is the, is the start of a heel turn for Conan, or as Shiavoni called it, he's doing a 360. Yeah, I'm presuming so. But um, face Conan or heel Conan, he wouldn't really get over too much at this point. It, it, he, uh, he had to get the uh, the old check shirt and the catchphrases before he um, before he was really over with the crowd in the USA at least. Oh, I'm oh, now in Yeah. He compared himself to he Hulk Hogan. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Mean Gene is not impressed by the uh, the shenanigans. But apparently Mean Gene's opinion is uh, irrelevant because he doesn't pay Conan's checks. 
I like that. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Why did they pay a ticket to come see me? I'm pretty sure none of them did. Yeah, who have you come to see? Oh, you know, Sting, Lex Luger, Conan. He ca he called the NWO the New World Odor. So he's insulting the NWO, but he's very much being a heel, so. Yeah. So he's just guaranteeing it he won't go over. <laughs> Mean Gene trying to keep him on track. So now he said that he's on WCW's side against the NWO. So I'm so confused what that promo is yeah. meant that is weird. Because he's gone heel and then he's gone babyface at the end. That, this, I mean, I, I like the backstage NWO promo, but this show's been a bit of a mess, hasn't it? And that suplex into a cut was pretty cool. That was that was before he yeah. did it to Goldberg out of the jackhammer as well. True, yeah. The origin stories of the jackhammer into a cutter. Is that Fit Finley's music? I sure hope so. He could save this show. I'm not sure. I mean, we know how they like to... Uh, Would you be proud of me if I got this spot on? Ah, Unfortunately, it's, that, it's Ron Stunn. Is that Ron Reese? Wasn't he what the, the hell? What the hell is Ron Stud doing coming out to Fit Finley's music? This is a travesty. What was that Fit Finley's music? Yeah, this absolutely was Fit Finney's music for the longest of times. I'll, I'll take your word for it. I, I am pretty certain of that, at least. At least I'm certain of something. Now, this is Chris Benoit's music. Who's going to come out next? <laughs> Hoover to Guerrero or something. Oh, no, it's Benoit. And he's got woman and a mannequin that looks like Miss Elizabeth with him. Indeed. I think the crowd well, like the fact that they've come out with the him. Formal, the formal yet not formal look. I'm a fan. She she looks... How, how do I put this? She She looks like she wants to start raking people's eyes immediately. And cheating and stroking Mean Gene's arm. Yeah, it, it must be so difficult for her to have to walk that fairly long aisle without actually actively cheating in a wrestling match. Or raking fans in the eyes. Yeah, uh, can you imagine that? It'd be like it, it'd be like when um, when Lance Archer, or even going further back, when you had uh, Ulf Herman in the FWA, just come and make an entrance and start beating up plants. Now this is interesting. Look at the size difference. Well, Benoit wasn't the tallest man in the world, was he? No. And this he's... guy, I think, is a legit seven-footer. Seven-two or something like that, I think. Mm. Benoit's just flat-out provoking him. Well, if anyone's going to be able to get a good match out of this big bloke, it'll be Benoit. 
the thing is, is we, we we pretty clearly know which one of these two is the profiled wrestler and which one is just showing yeah. up on the Nitro, presumably to do the job. So in the year 1996, it's fascinating to see the much smaller person being the, the featured wrestler of the two. Well, Benoit's drop kicks him on the, in the knee and knocked him down. So basically, he's he's got a very clear strategy of like screw the bloke's knee up, and then he can't stand up and he can't be seven foot tall when he's lying flat on the floor. That's true. And you know, I've got to say, great selling from Stud, both both physically and vocally. Yeah, he was never really regarded as much of a of a wrestler, was he? No. Never. Yeah, they they gave him a couple of gimmicks half-heartedly, and didn't yeah didn't really make make much of of things. But he's certainly you know he's certainly playing his role in this match. Yeah. He's getting his leg worked over. Yeah, working on that knee and that leg. The old classic now, the ring post getting involved. Uh, Even Larry Zabisco calling him the new world odour on commentary. It's it's catching on. He's adamant. So, yeah, sound... Sorry, you go for it. I was going to say, Zabisco's adamant that there's aces in the hole for the NWO because he's he's of the belief that Hogan encouraged him to accept the challenge. It didn't seem particularly dead set, did it, from, from the promo, whether or not a match would happen tonight. At least not no. from what I could understand. I mean, I think Hogan was basically, you're in your gear, you might as well wrestle. <laughs> That's economic of him. Yeah. Well, big body <laughs> slam from Ron Studd. Can you hear woman screaming in despair? One, I, I can, yes. And Ron Studd, with one good leg, at seven foot plus two, is trying to climb to the top rope inexplicably. Selling it well. You're, ben, you're spot on. Yeah. Benoit drop kicks him in the knee, and basically Benoit's going to suplex him while Stud is oh, on wow. the second rope. Oh, just <laughs> got him over. Just got him over. And pins him with the superplex. Okay, so I, I can't believe and I the enjoyed crowd, that match, the crowd, but I did. That, that was much better than it should have been. The crowd were up for that when he suplexed him off the top. And he just called out the giant out to the, the nearby cameraman. So I suppose that's the that's the logic there, isn't it? He's just beating a big yeah, man. He wants, he wants the giant. What for? For yeah, failing against Hogan? Obviously, I think we know that he Benoit could be in for a nasty surprise with regards to the giant failing against the new old order. But no, that was a hell of a good match, and I think Ron Studd's selling made that match. Yeah, it was shockingly decent. Uh, hold, hold on. Woman is in the ring standing next to Mean Gene for a promo. 
she didn't get to cheat during the match, but she did get to scream her lungs out, and now she gets a floating mean gene. Two out of three is not bad. And they kept Elizabeth out of talking, which may have been the best move. Yeah, probably. So let's see. Uh, let's see what woman does. Right, except for the clash, Dean. Benoit and the giant at the clash. Uh, Obviously, he's got a little bit of needle with the Dungeon of Doom because Jimmy Hart and Co. and Kevin Sullivan presumably hired Dean Malenko to, to to go at him. Oh yes, of course, yes. Attacking him and Nitro a few weeks ago. Yeah, he's putting over Malenko's prowess and his talents. Mm-hmm. He respects his talents. He didn't realise. He was in the ring with a man with an agenda. The horseman have an agenda. Our woman is now distracting <laughs> me. And, and I knew that would distract you in turn. <laughs> it was always hard to focus on that little subplot of woman and Gene when you had Ric Flair doing these big promos. But obviously, Benoit's not the strongest talker. So it's much easier to focus on the on what else is happening in the ring. Yes. Benoit was always a guy where his promos would be a lot better if he said half as many words. Sometimes yeah. you've got to realise if, if, if you're not powerful at projecting your words and putting together a promo, concision can be your best friend. And I might yes. not have any professional wrestling experience, Dean, but I am an editor. So I can vouch for con- <laughs> the art of concision. It's true. It's true. Less is more. I have I have cut down people's scripts on voiceovers to, to protect them. So there, there is a little bit of uh, first-hand knowledge there from me, even though I'm not a wrestling person. Well, well I'm, a, I'm a wrestling fan, but I'm not a wrestling industry I person. Yeah, but these so these uh, parts unknown people might not, you know. Those 11 guys yeah. from parts unknown might not have a clue what I'm talking about. So uh, we're just seeing um, we're seeing highlights of the Harlem Heat v Steiners tag team title match from Hogwild with with uh, Sister Sherry and um, Colonel Robert Parker. And the Steiners were beaten with a face full of powder secreted inside the cane of Parker by the looks of Sister Sherry, the the only manager who can match woman for just outright cheating perhaps. Now I hope we get a nitro yeah. match where the two of them are on opposite corners and both try to cheat. That would be amazing. Oh that would be good. Right, we are we are thirty seconds or twenty seconds now away from uh, the second hour of Nitro. Yeah, it doesn't feel like we're halfway through already. So even though it's been hit and miss, I'll say this, yeah. it's gone a little bit faster than some of these two-hour shows have felt. Yeah, it's not been the greatest in-ring quality, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it's moved. It's been, it's been a quick pace. And now we go back to the original hosts, Bischoff and Heenan, who obviously are up top in the broadcast speeds, Giovanni and Zabisco uh, ringside. Mm. 
So yeah, we've got ah. we've got Fled, Savage, and Hall and Nash v Sting and Luger. That's confirmation. There we go. Yeah, and I'm imagining it's the second hour of Nitro that goes head to head with uh, Raw. <laughs> yeah, G- given the, the matches we've had so far, and admittedly Benoit and, and Ron Reese did surprise me, but um, at the end of the day, it's it's, it's not going to put butts in the seats as the host it of our one would say. <laughs> Here come the Steiners. Let's see how pissed off Scott Steiner looks. I mean, he should look pissed off today because he got cheated out of the tag team titles. Yeah. He does not look happy, but he looks naturally not happy. He doesn't He doesn't like he's conveying frustration and a determination to break his opponent's necks. He just, yes. he's, got, he's got resting big popper pump face. He is half-heartedly slapping some fans' hands. Oh. Mm. Bischoff's teed in saying it's not going to be a pretty picture. Yeah. Oh, we've uh, we got a a rematch. Because this is Harlem Heat with Sister Sherry and Colonel Parker. Yeah, tag team titles on the line. They've got they've got the uh, whole circus with them Harlem Heat as usual. They've got Sherry, yeah. they've got Parker. The sucker count is already at two. <laughs> oh, now this one's gonna go because now this is this is an odd one. I mean, because the heel champions retained or the champions retained the belts last night. You could understand having a rematch if the title's changed, but um makes me wonder what's gonna happen here. It could be interesting. They wouldn't they wouldn't retain the belts in the pay per view and then lose them on the have a title change on Nitro, sure. Well, that was this the model of the all... time, let's be honest. Yeah, I suppose for the ratings. Who knows? Or will it be a hokey finish? Like a DQ or something? Oh, don't jinx it. I'm I'm not even going to look up the results. I'm going to just see what happens. Yeah, I mean, if we get a good match, I'll be happy. I mean, these are pretty much two of the absolute teams you think of when it comes to... WCW, not necessarily when you can, you know, you consider the whole timeline and you get into like NWA in the 80s, there's a few other teams up there with them, but 1990s WCW, these two are in the the top three, really. Absolutely, yeah. Because if you you have it where, where Harlem Heat cheat to beat the Steins again, that's two times in a row and it just makes the Steins look like pricks. So that you'd think that isn't going to happen. But yeah, whatever way the result goes, the result is obviously already in the books. But as long as we get to enjoy this match, because we know what these two teams can do. But I think we've also both seen across the 96 pay-per-views we've covered and all the watch-alongs, we've seen a, a, a fair few stinkers from both these sides. Obviously, it can depend on the opponent, stuff like that. Uh, yes. No excuses here. Come on. 
And the crowds are into this one. I mean, the Steiners are one of the WCW big names that always get a good reaction. Yeah. Getting your typical heels get their ass kicked, now they stall. Yeah. Little, little early signs that these two teams are going to get some time, at least. Yeah. And, of course, both these teams, legitimate brothers, which not all brother tag teams in wrestling are, but these guys are. Hang on, are you saying Kane and The Undertaker are not legitimate brothers? Well, you know. You've ruined wrestling for me. In the same way that I seem to have ruined Christmas for you. (laughs) (laughs) The the Beverly Brothers, Mike Enos, was so disgusted at being portrayed as falsely as a brother that he left uh, WWF to go to WCW as a new gimmick called the Mauler, but sadly that all went south. Which is ironic considering that they refer to wrestlers going from WWE to WCW as going south. So we're going into the well, other yeah, break with New this York now. To Atlanta, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. Very very common parlance. And we've heard up north for for going the other way as well, haven't we? Yeah. Well, going to New York is a popular one. Going to New York, yeah. I hope to go to New York soon. You know, once this all blows over, then my company yeah. has a New York office. I wouldn't mind. You know, so it's, it's given that what we've all been through the pandemic, I can't wait to be back stateside. If all goes to plan, I'll be spending my birthday in May, as I mentioned earlier, late May. I'll be spending it in Philadelphia with my family. So that'd be nice. Very nice. I'll uh, I'll make sure I send you a birthday card. Why would you do that? Because it's your birthday. Oh. Oh, classic heel distraction. That uh, Booker T was backing off at ringside from Rick Steiner. Turned the corner of the ring and bang, in comes Stevie Ray with a massive clothesline on the floor. Classic. Makes up for woman doing soddle in the last match, which really disappointed me. (laughs) She did flirt with Mean Gene. Yeah, I was kind of hoping after Benoit hit that impressive superplex on a seven-foot man and got a clean pinfall, I was hoping she'd maybe rake his eyes anyway. Yeah. That would have been great. In the the style of Ric Flair. Oh, that was amazing. That's one of the best things to ever happen on the show. But Steiner's now making quick tags and uh, taking out both members of Harlem Heat. And the fans are mad for this trademark Steiner offense. Meanwhile, the commentators just keep going on about Nick Patrick. And a uh, Tiger driver from Scott Steiner only gets a one count. And I think, oh, we got Nick Patrick's the referee again, isn't he? That's why. Uh... But Scott has just cleaned house. Rick wants ah, a piece now. of uh, Oh, here Parker. we go. This is your classic. Oh. This is your classic warrior rude. <laughs> and now Colonel Parker prattles over and they're the, calling for the, bell. the bodies. And it's a DQ. It's a DQ. 
The Steiners win by DQ. Pina says, I've got new champions. There was no situation in which the Steiners could have done a pin or a submission there. So, Harlem Heat are unhappy with Rob Parker that they've lost the match by disqualification. They've kept the title. But they are still the champions. Oh, is Sherry doing anything to it? She's now here. Sherry's acting as peacemaker. This is this is a weird scenario for the, the defending champions who kept their belts to yeah to to fall out. If it was like the if it was like they the the Steiners will get a title shot if they win this match, which is a non-title match, you can understand because then you've given the Steins another. Another shot. Hang on, hang but on. Oh, Dean, are, are we asking for internal logic from WCW? Ah. Uh, we tend to did, do this from yeah. time to time, don't we? Yeah. Well, of course, why are they angry with, with Rob Parker when they've retained their belts? And the answer is, of course, Liam. Um, Paris, France. No, I'm afraid the answer on my card is because WCW. Are you sure it's not minus five? That would be my next guess. Or maybe it was Paris, France. Ah. So we're now up with uh, with Bischoff and Heenan, who is getting weasel chance from the crowd. Too right. Oh, and we so, talk about what, what's how they've done something to the booty man. And we all know the relationship. Yeah, they've just talked about the relationship. Yeah, you you remember that it was this was one of the things that happened while the giant was unconscious from one belt shot for ten years. Um, Ed Leslie came out with a with a birthday cake or something. There was a celebration cake, and they roughed him up and put him in the cake. Similar what, during the main event. After the main event, after Hogan had won the title. Ah. Oh, now we've we've got footage of the Medusa v. Bulnacano match where the Harley Davidson or Honda bike would get destroyed. See, and lo so- and behold, the Japanese bike gets destroyed and the crowd at Hogwild love it. Sonny Ono, friend of the podcast, uh, showing no respect for the for the sanctity of wrestling match stipulations. Because no, even though Medusa had won, he goes over and beats up the Harley. I mean, the trouble is, there's not an awful lot you can do to a to a, a bike. It's not like a car where you can like smash the windscreen up and it's a great visual. But the crowd seems to like it. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, if you play Street Fighter 2, Dean, uh, you can't beat up a motorcycle, you beat up a car. And there's a good reason for that, obviously. Yeah. The uh, weasel chants are getting louder and louder, by the way. Makes you wonder how, how much of a smirk he has deep down when he, when he still gets that sort of chant, even when he's doing a, a pretty innocuous job as a commentator rather than as an actual manager. Oh, yeah. So we're now uh, getting some, um, <clears throat> some stills of Rey Mysterio and Ultimo Dragon, which I'm sure a bunch of uh, drunk bikers would love to see. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was a case of read the room a lot of that card, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, we've got another match or so. What's up next? Some ominous music. Well, it's Ray's music, isn't it? Either that or Loch Ness is back. Loch Ness is back, yeah. Such weird. It never fitted Ray Mysterio. I have no idea why they gave him this music. Well, his name is Mysterio and he's wearing a mask, so obviously he needs enigmatic music. And in fairness, at this point, he hadn't really kind of embraced his his personal interests, his culture, because once he started to be a bit more of a personality on screen, he'd he'd come out to hip hop a bit more, wouldn't he? And he'd do he'd do the uh, the filthy animals stuff, and that kind of that kind of dictated his theme music after that. He just said it's like his shoes are made of bungee cords. So is this another pay-per-view rematch? Well, it's Japanese-style music. It's so ultimate, is this Ultimo Ultimo Dragon's Dragon? Music. Is this someone else? It is Ultimo Dragon. I, it I'm, is another rematch. I'm going right. to I'm gonna have to submit myself to a quiz on WWE theme music, aren't I? Yeah. As proved earlier, I, I can be thrown off by someone coming out to much more recognisable music, but... For the for the most part, I feel like I'd score really highly. I think you would. Well, at least I think this match will be better received than the match that was um, the match that was on uh, at Sturgis. Yeah, they can maybe have a bit bit more of a. I mean, I can't remember the Hogwild match off the top of my head. I'm sure they tore it down. They just had nothing to tear down, hypothetically. Yes. So, hopefully now they can try and work to an audience in the way they know best and have an even better match, regardless of how the pay-per-view went. Oh, some spinning kick attempts from uh, Dragon very, very fast. Reminds you of how the original Tiger Mask would start his matches off. Oh, multiple and, uh, kicks from Dragon. Eric Bischoff earned his reputation for really badly calling various martial arts kicks. Which you'd think he'd know the name of, being a kickboxer him or karate guy himself. But he always wanted to show that by giving apparently weird names to... Because obviously a lot of the kicks used in professional wrestling aren't necessarily directly derived from martial arts. Some of them are just... Hmm a certain way you would throw your leg a different way to everyone else on the card, which is fair enough. Uh, and he, he'll be... Elbows he, the chin. Yeah, he'd be hell-bent, Bischoff, on calling them a, a, a flying back tornado kick or what have you. Wow, running... running powerbomb. That... <laughs> In the first two minutes of the match... It's... Yeah, they're obviously uh, they've not been given much time, but no, that kind of move just makes me uh, cringe a bit because that's the move that uh, paralysed Droz when it went wrong. Yes, and we've not seen a lot of it since. That scared off pretty much the entire no. industry, didn't it? Yeah. Yes, uh, understandably so. Mm. Oh, and Dragon went for a, a, I guess a sort of diving headbutt, landing on his feet because Ray got the legs up and kicked him in the chin. 
but the offense has been entirely dragon at the moment. And this is now the first bit of offense Rey Mysterio has had. Well, that's the thing. Mysterio is going to be the underdog in pretty much every match, even against another cruiserweight. So it makes sense to an extent that he can get, he can get thrown around by anyone. So he might as well be. I think he was trying to do the uh, flip into a hurricane runner and dragon didn't catch him how he wanted to be caught. And, he couldn't complete the move. Yeah, it's a bit, of, a he's bit like, of a spell. He's landed, yeah, he's either landed badly or he's just selling his knee. Really pushing that. Cl- we should do some more clash reviews, shouldn't we? Yeah, that was good, the one we did. Well, uh, we'll have a look when that was, see if we've got anyone who wants to join us for it, maybe. And we've got Ray on the outside, Dragon on the inside, but he nails a tope right head to head against the guardrails. Right, Dean, this this Both is all Dragon. Down. It is. Not even it's the hope dragon, spot which... so far. No, it's all Dragon, apart from apart from that one dive from Mysterio. But it also tells you that Ray Mysterio is winning. But that's what the match is like. It's been a very good match so far. Right, both men back in the ring. And Dragon now going for a Tiger C That move just always looks great, doesn't it? Mm. I think it's better than the Dragon suplex. Yeah. I I love the full Nelson suplex, but don't get me wrong. when When you pin your arms for the Tiger, it just looks devastating. Really high impact uh, moonsault, sort of no, no elevation, just straight over and down. Ooh, and again, oh. it is all dragon. Oh no, dragon! For very asai moonsault. He's very capable of working as a heel, even with his more babyface friendly style. You'd like to imagine that there is a Mysterio comeback coming here. But he's really working the heat. Here we go. Oh! And Mysterio just gets the pin out of nowhere, reversing a powerbomb attempt into a sunset flip and pins him with, one what, the third offensive move he's done all match? There's a little bit of savage formula about that, but even the, uh, even the, the actual win was portrayed as a bit of a fluke as opposed to him doing a comeback of a few moves and hitting his finish. Because yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not even savage formula because it's not like he hit the Hurricane Rana or something or, or you know a move, a move like that to finish him off. He, he finished him off with a roll-up after countering countering the powerbomb attempt. It's a strange one because you, you can't do that every week, especially someone who's no. a champion. It's, it's, it's one way of making uh, Ultimo look like a very formidable challenger, but you've got to put something on Mysterio as well, surely. Heenan's obsessed with who the fourth man will be. Mm. Well, if you remember, when um, 
they invaded uh, the MGM studios and attacked Rey Mysterio. Rey was saying there was a fourth man in the end. He NWA. was, which seemed a bit premature, didn't it? And he got blindsided. Well, mm. well no, it weren't that. He literally came out of the trailer and got lawn dyed, and that was his role. Well, at what that point did he it. see yeah. a fourth man? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so now we've got now this this is a match I would like to see Flair v Eddie Guerrero that we saw at uh, Hogwild there. Now, if I remember correctly, it could have been a different Flair Guerrero that was being referenced, but I remember a Flair Guerrero match having a bit of a reputation for being way below their collective abilities, being referred to as like an an off night for the two of them. I don't know if it was th- that one exactly, but I think it might have been. I don't know. Maybe then. Yeah. Because I mean, we've seen them. We've seen them wrestle on on Nitro, haven't we already? And it was yes. really good. And in fact, we may have even seen like in the very, very late nine, uh, very late eighties, Flair against uh, a, a prelim jobber Guerrero. I know he had a match with Terry Funk around that time. Oh, the infamous uh, Terry Funk match where Funk let him kick out of a pole driver or two. That everyone, forgets, yeah. that everyone forgets when they say Alan Angels has killed the industry. <laughs> yeah, Funk was really impressed with him and gave him a load of extra offense and stuff, yeah. It, t- it turns out that things like that can actually work for the better. Yeah. So, Flair is in the ring with woman... And, of course, Elizabeth. And now here comes the Macho Man. Who I heard that the Macho Man's out of control in. <laughs> yeah, he's a little bit At least crazy. In the building. What makes me laugh, though, is, yeah, they're going back to this match again. But it's funny, no matter what's happening with their feuds elsewhere, doesn't matter what's happening with the NWO, Every now and then, every few weeks, they'll go back to this match and they can't stand each other. They have a common enemy in in the NWO, but they still can't stand each but it'll other. Be, but it'll be straight back to the stuff about Elizabeth and the divorce, I'm sure. Well, Heenan's already mentioned it in the uh, commentary. Hmm. I mean, basically what we're saying is that Randy Savage was did not send a Christmas card to Ric Flair, ever. So you're, you're saying I have feelings for you similar to how Randy Savage felt about Ric Flair and his feud. I think that's taking it a little that. bit I'm, I'm too just, far. I'm just speculating. I think you're getting carried away with this now. You are desecrating my character. <laughs> And I don't appreciate it. It's not fair to Flair. I mean, to Hap. <laughs> and uh, Savage is trying to strangle Flair. He he is out of control here. I'm a massive fan of how this has started. Flair's first instinct mm. was to go for a strut. Savage's first instinct was to try and commit murder in in, in a wrestling ring. It's a yeah, great start. Flair then, yeah, Flair then thumbed him in the eyes. Dropped him with a chop, but Savage has popped straight back up again. Now, 
is this going to follow the Flair formula? Is this going to follow the Savage Nitro formula? Definitely won't be a Savage formula, though. He usually does that on uh, on like lower card wrestlers, doesn't he? Very true. Yeah, mid mid card guys. Yeah. Oh, Flair was just using Elizabeth as a human shield there. Got to admit, the tempo these two have, even if the feud is like a year past its sell-by date, they just bring such a such a vibe, such a tempo, such a intensity to it that you get drawn mm. into it all over again. I, I just think, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've got to say, I preferred Flair v. Savage to Hogan v. Savage. Because to me, Hogan the Savage was always very one-sided. It was oh, always, to me, obvious that Hogan would win. With Flair and Savage, it was more evenly matched in, in size and booking. And and you, you could go into each match not knowing who was going to win. Done to death, sure, but it was definitely enjoyable. Almost every mm. step of the way. Starcade 95 was the notable one, but then that was that was just a complete mess that they couldn't save having the triangle match and then they had like a what was it like a five minute world title main oh, event God, with a blade yeah. job yeah the uh, the uh, unplanned blade job yeah wasn't it wasn't that Savage who cut Rick, who cut Flair or something yeah I'm sure we'll have comments again in on Twitter after this episode telling us about the conspiracy theory I'm honestly not sure but but yeah the whole main event was a mess What's the conspiracy theory then? Do remind me. <laughs> Wake up, sheeple. Savage bladed him against his will. Savage came off the top with an axe handle, nearly lost his balance, didn't go for the cover, decided to punch Flair instead. Now he's going up top while pointing at Elizabeth, who is running away. Savage again nearly loses his balance. Flair catches him coming off the top of this shot to the guts anyway. This hasn't been a bad... For the middle of nowhere, this has not been a bad crowd at all, has it? Not at all. But you know what? If this is the middle of nowhere, as, <laughs> as, uh, as Zabisco said, quite often they are the best crowds. I mean, one we, we go... One of the places I've done more wrestling shows in than most places is a place in Hertfordshire called Broxbourne. Now, yes, fuck I all love happens Broxbourne. in It's got a really good little small hall venue. But yeah, basically, fuck all happens in Broxbourne. So the locals come and the travelling fans. Um, you get that. Yeah, you go, to, you go to smaller villages, smaller towns where there's not an awful lot happening. And, and people come to the wrestling because it's an event. I do miss FWA shows at Broxbourne. Was it mm-hmm. when they had the main, impromptu main event triple threat between Jerry Lee and AJ Styles and Doug Williams? Yes. And to think that was awesome then. And now with with the legacies, the reputations of all three, and someone hears that, they think, holy crap, that happened? Mm. Yeah, great match. Great times. And, of course, the uh, the Walthamstow Assembly Hall. Yeah, I think I did a couple there. The one straight after Uprising I went to, I know that much. That was when Christopher Daniels won the FWA title, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the one, yeah. That was a good one. 
So Flair is now is locked in the figure four and is grabbing the ropes for extra leverage. And the ref is uh, asking if he's got his, his if he's using the ropes and Flair's denying it. And woman's now, woman's not to, helping. Is she under the weather no. tonight or something? What I because what I used to do as a manager when that happened, I would then put my hands on the ropes to like either stop, either explain the wobbling or try and stop the wobbling. And that would infuriate the crowd even more because we're basically covering up our crimes. Yeah. Badly, obviously, so that it was still obvious to the ref that the rope was moving. And then you threaten someone in the front row to keep quiet and they just get even louder. I, I still do that to my daughter. I'll, I'll, I'll tell her and her friends to stop laughing. They just burst out laughing even louder. See, even parents of young children can use wrestling tricks to entertain. Excellent. Flair with the cover gets a two count. The pace has dropped a little bit now. They're going to have some time here. But then I said that about um, the tag title match, and it finished quite abruptly. It did. No, that was definitely uh, definitely a, f- a finish out of nowhere. But here we go. Savage is now... Well, Savage is now essentially hulking up now that Hogan's a, a, a villain. Because yeah, the tag match so was definitely setting up with a structure to go like at least 12 minutes. Oh, Gorilla Press. Of course, Ric Flair gets Gorilla Press out the corner. Of course. Did you also want to say something, Dean, about the fact that he's wearing red trunks? Oh, of course. Well, that's more for the big pay-per-views and title matches. Oh, is it now? We'll see if it. We'll we'll see if this rings true. Ric Flair always loses when he's wearing red trunks. We shall see. We'll see what the result of this oh, is. There goes oh, the ref. referee Randy Anderson. <laughs> yeah, he's gone down. Now, surely this is open season for women to start cheating. Yeah, something's going to come of this. We know that much. Fans Savage are still eating up. Axe handle from the top rope to the floor. And Flair pokes him in the eye again. I think someone is coming. So someone's carrying a chair. Is that Hogan? Is that Hogan? It's Hogan. It's Hogan. Hogan, heel Hogan has come to the ring with a steel chair and he's just smacked Savage in the back with a steel chair and now and over the head. the head as well. I mean, it wasn't the greatest chair shots of the head, but you don't want a chair shots of the head. We look at things with 2021 eyes anyway. So Nick Patrick is in the ring trying to get assistance for Randy Anson and he's conveniently not seeing any of this. Now Flair's starting to come to. This could be interesting. Now he didn't touch Flair. He did not touch Flair. Is the match still going on? It looks like yeah. it is. Flair's got his feet on the ropes. Woman's holding the feet. <laughs> So, Savage has been blindsided with two chair shots. He's out. Flair goes for the cover and still puts his feet on the ropes. 
Didn't sure. rake the eyes, though. He could have gone one step further. The sad thing is, is the, the fans have been deflated by it because they were into the match. And I think that took the wind out of them, not in a good way, Definitely. a little bit. Uh, but the, the cheating at the end has kind of redeemed that in my eyes, at least. He, Heenan finds it very ominous because he's a big fan of Flair and he's not a fan of Hogan in any shape or form. As as shown when I've won every single debate about whether or not his commentary at Bash of the Beach 96 was perfect or not. Um, but yeah, that's a, they're, they're teasing there could be something between the two. And even though we know better at this point... Uh, it's going to be a bit of a cliffhanger question mark, isn't it? Yeah, so Hogan didn't attack Flair. He's Hogan, and he's Hogan in cahoots with Flair. Mm. It's dubious enough. Yeah, Flair, Flair was pretty oblivious to it all, I'll say that much. Yeah. But that, you know, that was, uh, for what it was, that was a decent enough match. Heenan with a good point. Like, if, if you, he says, if you were Hogan Wharton, you have taken a shot of Flair as well. Mm. So what are we seeing a clip of now? Oh, here we go. So this is footage of... Um, Stills of, of Hogan against Giant in a an NWO t-shirt, the precursor to the legendary NWO t-shirt, of course. Hmm. So obviously we'd seen so many Hogan Giant matches before this with the roles reversed. Yeah. When we started these Nitro watch-alongs, we were getting a little bit sick of red and yellow Hogan versus the big, nasty, stinky giant, if you recall, Dean. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's the belt shot to the giant we were talking about. Yeah. They've, they've kind of edited down and not mentioned the fact that the giant was unconscious for about 10 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, it's more hawking of the replay, basically. But we're gonna. Yeah. This is obviously gonna lead into what should be our main event, right? Which is the tag match that was challenged very early on this show. Yeah. Oh, here's um, here's Booty Man Beefcake, whatever you want to call him. They're happy with a matching sh- NWO T-shirt on that Hulk Hogan had. And Scott Hall's immediately pointing that out. He's not impressed. They've got a surprise for uh, for Ed Leslie. <laughs> Get him, boys. Oh, now Hogan's having a go at him. They're, now, they're saying about him attacking his best friend. You know, the best friend yeah. who betrayed him leading into the worst Starcade main event ever. Well, I was going to say, yeah, Starcade 94, which was awful. And that was the yeah, main event. So, yeah, that's all. Well, let's let's face it. 
I'd want to forget the main event of Starcade 94 as well. <laughs> and there we see them spray painting NWO on the belt. Yeah, it speaks volumes of all the stills to try and protect the paywall of the pay-per-view. They're happy to show the Brutus of Barber Beefcake part in footage completely for free. Well, that's because it's not an actual match, isn't it? And it's also because so it said Leslie away. and he's worthless. Well, there's that as well, yeah. <laughs> We've got Mean Gene back on the ramp. Oh, and here comes Hogan. Who is getting a good booing heel reaction from this crowd. Hogan's third appearance of the show. We're very much getting back to normal, aren't we, Dean? Heel or face. Oh, yeah. And we're back to the Hogan promo voice. Oh, yeah, because he definitely wasn't like that earlier, was he? No. So really making a big deal about the spray paint and the their changing of the name, because obviously everyone else is still referring to it as the WCW title. Yes. Definitely a proper Hogan promo in this instance. There's no stopping the New World Order. So Clash of the Champions main event is Hogan against Flair. Ah. Given what just happened, that's very interesting. Indeed. He keeps calling them the WCW. Yeah. I've noticed that. He's making a bunch of historical references with this promo. It's I definitely preferred the backstage conversation promo. Yeah. I don't quite know what he's talking about. He's randomly talking shite, basically. That's the thing about Hogan promos. He either cuts these memorable promos or he just waffles on for God knows how long. There's no middle ground. No, not at all. But, um, yeah, just to uh, let you know, the matches that we have on Clash of the Champions, it's Clash of Champions 33. Um, and we've There'd got only be two more Rey Mysterio. after that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. 97, it stopped, yeah. So Rey Mysterio defended the uh, Cruiserweight belt against Dean Malenko. Um, Harlem Heat defending the um, tag titles against the Steiners and Steve Lex Luger in a triple threat match. Or tri- was it a triangle match, wasn't it, they called? Yes. Um, yeah. Hogan v. Flair for the world title. Um, but then, and, and obviously, uh, Giant against Benoit that we know about. But then we also have, um, we have uh, DDP and Eddie Guerrero. We've got a rematch between Paul Nakano and Medusa. Conan against Ultimo Dragon and Hacksaw Jim Duggan against VK Wall Street. Which oh, is sandwiched huge. between... Right? But it's, so you, you, go with, you go with the Cruiserweight title match. And you've got Conan and Ultimo Dragon, and sandwiched in the middle of them, the meat between the bread is Jim Duggan and VK Wall Street. So even though he didn't lay a finger on the guy he um, he's got to defend the title against, um, 
he's now promising to destroy Ric Flair. And now you, now you yeah. think about the fact that they've got a title match, it makes you wonder, why didn't he just weaken Ric Flair? Makes no sense. So, in, you know, it's, it's all a bit muddled. And, yeah, it, it seems like every time we touch upon this aspect of the storyline since the NWO came into play, Dean, it's... Uh, in, in some ways, it's very intriguing. But yeah, it could have also done a little bit cleaner and more obvious. Not to not to ruin the clear element of Shades of Grey, but to, to at least make it a little bit easier to follow, which is never a bad thing. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Wildcat Willie is in the ring on the long shot, getting the crowd warmed up. <laughs> and you spotted so him earlier. You, you, are, you are on Wildcat Willie watch. Please make sure you get the uh, wildcat bit of that sentence in. <laughs> so, um, we've only got, like, less than 10 minutes on this broadcast, but we've got a main event to come. So, it makes me think this is, and we're now going to a clip of the um, the the attack, the lawn dart attack a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, the infamous angle. Yeah. Where we basically said they fucked up their own shot. But, but they did it for a reason, and I think the angle benefited from it. Yeah, who's definitely a lost leader. They also could have done it in a way where they didn't have so much dead air, but but yeah, ultimately it proved to be effective and historic. So Bischoff is saying there's a lot of chaos and he doesn't quite know what's going on. We don't know where the NWR are, but they... So apparently the... Hall and Nash have, have said that they are wrestling, but we don't know where they are. And Heenan's now threatening to leave the broadcast position. It's all chaos, apparently. They don't know where the outsiders are. Here, here comes the NWO music. Although I can't tell oh. if it's been dubbed in by the by the network at this stage. It's very faint, that's to be said. But that yeah. might be a bit more naturalistic then. It might be genuine. Yeah, because if it was a dub, I think WWE would have dubbed it on a lot harder, wouldn't they? Yes, exactly. Nick Patrick is coming down as the referee. And there's no sign of Sting. Hmm. Which is telling, because this isn't isn't a case of individual entrances, Dean, because Luger's coming out to Sting's theme. Yeah. Liam, what's the deal between Sting and Lex Luger? Oh, we might actually have a deal between Sting and Lex Luger, but Luger's having them both. Well, this is the debut on Nitro of the Outsiders. Here's Sting coming in from the from the crowd. I don't know what's going on. Flying body press. Sting with a big leaping clothesline off the top rope. Wherever it is, it's vintage Sting. Do I sound like Michael Cole? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, they've Sorry cleared house. That. Sting clotheslines Lu- uh, clo- Sting clotheslines Nash over the top rope. Hall is dispatched by Luger. 
And the baby faces are now in the ring. The heels are on the outside. Yeah, Hogan's not a ringside, as Heena says, but he, he was just out here, so will he play a role, I suppose? And more importantly, will we get an actual match? We've had two marquee matches so far on the show, Dean, that have set up, clearly set up, with all the tropes that we know, having watched wrestling for yonks, set up with that sort yeah. of uh, structure that they're going at least 12 to 15 minutes, and then about halfway through that, they've suddenly rushed to a to a melee finish. Well, we've only got six minutes left on this show, so um, so we know it's going to be much more similar to them ultimately. Yeah. I don't believe the outsiders are involved in the uh, Clash of the Champions, so they're saving them for the Nitro. Yeah, well, it makes sense. Yeah. We, we see now with AEW, they rotate the roster. It makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Savage is being stitched up backstage, apparently. And uh, Bischoff is saying that WCW is out of control because of the NWO. And that even that is a bit of foreshadowing to so what happens with Bischoff, I suppose. Yeah, because uh, according WCW to the story... falling apart. According to the storyline now, we're, we're to believe the way they retconned it, that Bischoff is very much in their ear. Because apparently it, it it came, it started via um, shortly after they powerbombed him at the Great American Bash. Oh. So Sting's been thrown over the top rope to the outside, but Nick Patrick has not disqualified them. Ah, because that's still a rule, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, in WCW, you throw someone over the top rope and you get DQ'd. (laughs) Heenan referencing the the praise that NWO had for Patrick earlier. Hmm. I think Heenan's doing a great job of just sounding so exacerbated, but it's all part of the storyline. Absolutely. I mean, well, Heenan was great. And I think Nick Patrick just pulled Hall out the way. I'm sure he did. I didn't catch that. But basically, Hall was in the corner. Sting went for a Stinger splash. Hall moved and... In came uh, and, and um, Sting just went to the outside, and the horsemen have now run in. The horsemen have run in to presumably chase the outsiders away. And is that the end of the match? What the fuck's going yeah. on? Here's the start of those NWO finishes that would play yeah. the next 18 months. But yeah. What, the NWO, the NWO finishes where no one had to do a job, you mean? It's, it's, it's all a bit of a mess, really, because um, Flair, for whatever reason, Flair was spared by Hogan earlier. Mm. Well, it meant, and, and Heenan is just saying incredulously that the horsemen have come to the aid of Luger and Sting, which is true. Well, Nick bear, Patrick's gone. Bear in mind, it was less than a year ago that Flair betrayed Sting to reform the horsemen. Hmm. 
But Bischoff's right, they all shared an ambulance very recently. Uh, no better way they're to gonna bond show with it. someone. They're going to show the ambulance. Stinger Splash again. Mm. Yeah, Just pulled Patrick him out of the way. Him out the way. Yeah, he did. And that's that's the gotcha moment. And the co- and commentary. Uh, so I, I guess they're saying that the horsemen have come and run down to chase them off because it seemed a bit of a random time. But they've chased them off because they saw what Patrick did, I guess. But yeah. we might find out because Mean Gene's on the job again, Dino. Mean Gene is in the aisle with with the horsemen. Is he with the horse? Yes, he's here come the horsemen. I don't know why they're in the aisle rather than in the ring, but we're going to get a flare promo, though. Could have some answers as to why they showed up at the end here. But obviously, we've got Hogan flare coming up. We're drawing the guidelines of history right now. Yeah, he got that one wrong. Yeah, I don't like Sting and Luger. I don't like them, but I've got to play ball with them because they're WCW. So now now his focus is on Hogan. Apparently the first rule of fighting is you never overmatch yourself. Ah, so they're saying then they've got Steve McMichael to match up with him. Anderson with Hall. Flair's a bit all over the shop with this promo, isn't he? Yeah, so he's got Hogan and Benoit will take care of the fourth person. Not, Not his best work, to be honest. No. But it's the hard sell for the for the clash. So I mean it's just a bit of weird scheduling. We we've literally just come off a pay per view and now they they've got one week to shill a clash. But I think do you know what? I think I think that promo kind of sums sums up um sums up the show as a whole in that it wasn't a classic. It was watchable it was you know it did what it did what it needed to do i suppose but yeah it's it's still a it's a thumbs up but not a classic yeah like the company as a whole is going in a good place and the storylines are interesting and there's progress but just this particular step of it you can't you can't know very rough around the edges Mm. but yeah there was enough i mean i can't believe how much i like that Benoit versus Ron Reese match. There was enough about the show in general. It was begging to have one good match on the card, and I think the main event. I kind of, you know, they 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 went out there just with like six or seven minutes, and they weren't doing the finish. So they basically just went out there at high tempo, which was really fun. Yeah. Big storyline development that we had to see on the real. Well, I think you you obviously caught it corner of your eye, but they really hammed it home on the replay. So um, yeah. There were there were pluses and minuses, but we've definitely seen worse two out of nitros, haven't we? That one oh, went that one went by a lot faster than some. 
Yeah, and and if you think about what was in that um in that second hour um up up against them on Raw, it was a, a pre-recorded Raw, um and it saw uh, Farouk with Sonny making his in-ring debut uh, against Skip of all people, Chris Candido, uh, Crush with Clarence Mason beat Savio Vega, the Godwins with Hillbilly Jim defeated T.L. Hopper and Who. Um, and then Shawn Michaels with Jose Lothario defeated Owen Hart um, with Jim Cornette um, in a non-title match. What so, a roster. <laughs> I mean, yeah, not the not. I mean, the main event was, was sounds good, but other than that, not not the, the greatest. But um, maybe we'll have a look at that. Um, maybe we'll have a look at that clash sometime soon. Who knows? Potentially, we could squeeze it in before the next watch look. We will. We will try and get a few more episodes done in the new year. It's gonna yeah. be. It's gonna be tough to do them super frequent, but once a month isn't ideal. No, we we have we will try and uh, get some. We we've both been super busy, but uh, December is my busiest time of the year, basically. So I should you know things should get a bit easier. But I know you obviously you have uh, strange hours to keep with your zone job and, and what's going on around the sporting world. So uh, we will endeavour to uh, we will endeavour to get uh, get a, a decent schedule going. But thank you uh, everyone for sticking with us. Um, as we said at the top of the show, you can follow us on Twitter at because wcw you can find us on facebook um facebook.com forward slash because wcw if you go to our website because wcw.podbean.com you'll find all 106 episodes there or wherever you get your podcasts from basically and uh you know if you could uh, rate and review us uh give us a five star review would be very much appreciated or uh, if you subscribe to us you'll get these landing with you the moment they get released. So I guess all that's left for us to say now is 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 a Merry Christmas to all of our listeners around the world. Yeah, and send Dean a Christmas card otherwise he gets the ump. <laughs> I'm sure it's just stuck in the post, Liam. Yeah, it's, it's probably just everyone else on the plane send you a card. It's just me. I'm the arsehole. Yeah. Well, you know, card or no card, have a lovely Christmas. Yeah, and you, I suppose. Have a, have a good, what's it called? <laughs> Christmas fest. Christmas, yeah, the Christmas fest. Yeah. Thanks a lot, everybody, for downloading this. We really do appreciate it. Have a happy, healthy, safe Christmas with your loved ones, and we'll be back very soon. In fact, we'll be back next week for our, our annual Q&A with special guests uh, as we say goodbye to 2021. In the meantime, thanks for listening. And uh, I guess it's just left for me to say, I'll see you ringside.